Hi and welcome to my podcast. I'm Jessie Grove and today I'm going to be talking to para rider Zoe Squirrel. Hello. Hi. How are you? I'm okay, thank you. Good. Um, would you mind introducing yourself to everybody? Yeah, so I'm Zoe. I'm a para rider riding at grade three and I live in Dorset. Um, I currently have the ride on an experienced schoolmaster called Biscuit for Wanacott. Amazing. Um, so one of the reasons that I wanted to, you to come onto the podcast is that we've worked together um, sort of on and off five years-ish. Yes. I think I met you five so. years ago. Um, yeah. And uh, one of the things that I always remember very fondly is training with you and I could and yes you you came in you were like yeah I'm a I'm a grade three para and this is this is what I've got but everything I chucked at you and everything I said do you know what let's give that a try you were like okay <laughs> let's go for it <laughs> um, so, and and then obviously like all your little sort of stories of the public transport that you take and I just find you super inspiring so that's why I want people to sort of hopefully listen to this and also feel inspired by you and your story. Thank you. Um, so I suppose well where do we start? Um, I think we should start with how you get about and public transport because I think uh, it came up on my Facebook the memory um, you'd come you'd come to train with me but the weekend before that you'd gone to see um, you'd gone to some training and I think you took 13 transport like 13 stops of public transport um, just tell everybody how you get about yeah so um, I have a form of cerebral palsy called left-sided hemiplegia so it affects the left side of my body but alongside that I have a sight condition um, and when I was very young they basically said your sight isn't good enough to drive and never will be good enough to drive so my only way of getting about because both my parents work is to use public transport mm -hmm. so um, I live um, in quite a rural area in Dorset we have one bus going in and out every hour um, and then I that gives me connections to the main train line from Weymouth to London, mm -hmm. um, which allows me access to a wide variety of places. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's not particularly simple. So if I give you an example, um, Biscuit is in Romsey, which in a car is about an hour and ten ish. Mm -hmm. From yeah. me, for me, it takes about three hours and four changes one way. Okay. So, I mean, even that, as a, as a driver, that is a long way to go and see a horse. Um, you know, I, I mean, you know, Bear and Millie are sort of half an hour from me and I'm like, oh God, it's half an hour drive. But actually, I shouldn't really be complaining at all about that. Um, so... What's the thing that keeps you motivated to say, right, I am I am going to make that journey? Or, you know, even when you went up to Gloucester and you had the, the colossal journey of changing trans public transport so many times, like what keeps driving you forward to, to just keep going? 
I think um, when I first started Para and I first rode Ollie, who was based in Gloucester, it was the fact that um, his owner, Sarah, and the same with um, Biscuit's owner, Alice, both of them have said, we appreciate your riding. Mm-hmm. We we want you to ride my horse. Mm-hmm. And that's big. For someone that owns a horse, that's your pride and joy. You yeah. know, you, you let me ride Millie that one time. That's your pride yeah. and joy. You've built her up yourself. To trust mm. someone else, I'm not able-bodied. My body is really funky sometimes. It does really <laughs> weird stuff. Like, but for someone to kind of go, that doesn't matter. I want to help yeah. you in your journey. And yeah. I want to make that happen. Like, I feel like they're putting their faith in me. So I've got to make the effort. That kind yeah. of keeps me going. Like, and yeah, these horses that I've been lucky enough to ride, in fact, all of them probably on my journey, all of them in their own way have been schoolmasters. So mm-hmm. actually I'm constantly learning. And yeah. I feel like for, to have that opportunity to, to learn every time I sit on a horse, it's not just physio because that's how I started with the riding. It was you ride because it's physio. But every time I ride, I'm learning something. My body is becoming straighter. It's becoming more Mm -hmm. stable. It's becoming more bodily aware, which helps me to be mobile. You know, I'm 30 and I feel often like my body is that of a 78 year old because the symptoms of the CP or the, the kind of side effects of it it in itself isn't degenerative but the symptoms are so I have to keep myself active and on a horse I can keep myself active without weight bearing so actually I can prolong my life and prolong my quality of life by sitting on a horse and I don't think about that when I'm riding I ride because I enjoy it yeah but yeah, I think for me, the biggest motivation is someone has turned around that I don't know. I didn't know Alice. I didn't know Sarah. I met Sarah at a BD para camp. And for them to yeah. turn around and go, I don't know you, but I want you to ride my horse. And I'm mm. going to support you to make that happen. Uh, that's time yeah. out of their day. They've got to train the horses when I'm not riding. So they're, mm. they're putting the effort in for me. So I've got to put the effort in for them. Yeah. Definitely. Um, and I think as well, like horses are so good at, I suppose, teaching us our weaknesses. Um, and therefore, every time we get on, something new comes up. You know, even I, I still find it now, if you listen to your body and you listen to the horse, um, you know, you're always, const- well, you're constantly making changes, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I got on this morning and my body's not feeling particularly great at the minute. And Biscuit went, all right, I'm going to do everything you say, but I'm going to keep you safe. I'm not going to yeah. go, I'm not going to do anything daft. I'm just going to do exactly what you say. And if you're pushing too much, then I'm not going to go there because you can't. Yeah. So I'm going to watch over you. And that's what yeah. makes it so special is that they pick up on you and you're looking after them, but they're looking after you. Yeah. Yeah. Power, power horses are amazing, aren't they? Because they, they just know. Yeah. yeah. Somehow they just know. Yeah, I don't know how. Um, I can't explain it, but they do. Yeah. And I know we spoke um, previously um, about this, but I know you almost gave up a while ago. Um, how, how did you 
what made you feel like you needed to give up and what then pulled you out of not giving up the simple answer is what made me give up was I was given the opportunity to ride a younger horse um, and it wasn't the right horse for me and I got to the Mm -hmm. point where I was scared to ride I would Mm -hmm. feel physically sick at the thought of even getting on public transport to go and see that horse for the thought that he just didn't understand me and didn't understand my weakness so like I was always under that slight doubt of if he were to do anything I couldn't stop him because Mm -hmm. he didn't understand my signals he just wasn't aware of them so I got to that point and then I kind of battled on and I got to that point and then one day uh, I got on I burst into tears and I got halfway around the arena and my instructor just said and I said look I want to go off and my instructor turned around to me and she said well you're secured in because um my left leg is secured um in my stirrup if I were to come Mm -hmm. off it would it would release me but I'm secured in I can't do that myself it has to be done from the ground Mm -hmm. um she Mm -hmm. said well you're secured in so until I unsecure you you're not getting off and at that point I went I carried on the session because I didn't have a choice but after the session Mm -hmm. I went I hate doing this right now I'm torturing myself so I'm paying out money for this and hating every Mm -hmm. single second so I have to do something different something that takes me out the situation and until Mm -hmm. I actively want to do this I'm not doing it and yes for six months it broke my body because I didn't ride but I didn't want to ride the thought of going anywhere near a horse freaked me out I Mm. literally wanted to run a million miles and I've got friends and I still went and visited friends who've got horses and I would stand there almost hyperventilating at the thought of going anywhere near their horses and I was like these horses are safe and fine they're not like putting me in any danger I was on the ground yeah um what got me into wanting to do it again was the same year that I had all this issue in 2018 I also met um a horse who he was very well bred, is very well bred. He's still alive, but he's now retired. Um, he was very well bred, but he had substantial injuries, which meant he couldn't be trained through the levels. But he was nine and they wanted his, his owners wanted him to still have a job. So um, they thought, well, OK, so why don't we put a parrot on? And I rode him once in 2018 and he was the most amazing horse I've ever met. And still to this day, Aww. the most amazing horse I've ever met. And he, yeah. I, then, I rode him once and then he got injured and I never thought I would ride him again. And then mm-hmm. um, I got a message in early, like, I don't know, like March, April time of 2019 to say from someone that I knew to say, oh, I'm competing against Frodo tomorrow. And I was like, oh. So they've managed to get this horse from being so injured that they thought he was going to have to like permanently retire to being mm-hmm. back out. So I messaged them and said, um, can I can I do some training with him? What is the state of play? I said, I don't mm-hmm. I don't want to compete necessarily, but to be able to ride a horse of his caliber and learn from him would be an amazing opportunity. And yeah. I actually said the whole time that I was off, the only horse that I'd get back on for was him. Um, yeah, amazing. And they said to me, yes. 
So then I found a plod to get back on before I got on Frodo because Frodo is 17.3 and I am very short. Um, and I was like, I'm not getting on nothing to 17.3. I need to get on something first. Um, yeah. So Fro- Frodo was my key to riding. Without Frodo, I still probably wouldn't be riding now. Yeah, that's amazing. Like, I'm so glad that you didn't give up and that the opportunities came along and presented themselves, I suppose, when when you needed them most, really, so you could carry on. Um, So fast forward uh, into present day. um, What are your what are your goals for 2021? Um, Pretend we're not currently in a world pandemic. So if it all goes to plan, (laughs) what are your goals? The joy of COVID. So um, Frodo was retired at the end of 2018. He sustained an injury and they said he's not going to be ridden again. So he's going to be retired. Beginning of 2019, I put an advert out online and said, look, I'm looking for a new horse. I didn't really know what to expect. But um, Alice came back to me and she said, I've got biscuits. He is 17 hands. He has competed two into one. He's also taken a grade one para internationally in 2018. Wow. Um, okay. No, in 2019. Um, I, would you be interested in coming to try him to see whether he could do a similar thing for you? Um, so I rode him a couple of times before the first lockdown and it was amazing. Um, so yeah. I have Biscuit and the last couple of months, so pre this lockdown just gone in November, um, we mm-hmm. competed twice. We scored 70% twice, which is a PB for me, wow. a massive PB. Yeah. Um, and we managed to qualify in two outings for the Winter Para Nationals in 2021. So yes, that's, amazing. that's the first aim for 2021. Okay. When is that? Uh, March. 2021 okay um in, it's in the diary it's in the diary, it's in the diary. <laughs> yeah it's there <laughs> we're aiming at it um and then <laughs> the other big aim for next year alongside other we can also do like qualifications for summer nationals which again would be amazing but our other yeah. kind of big aim for me next year is to go um internationally for gb um, yeah. So we have, we're lucky as paras, we have three internationals in this country that we can go to. Um, okay. I will aim at an international in Bishop Burton, which is in East Yorkshire in August next year. Okay, that sounds amazing. They they are very good goals to have. They're very big sure. goals. They're goals that I never thought, I never thought I would be at another winter national. My last winter national mm-hmm. was four years ago. Never okay. thought that would happen again. So to go to that okay. would be, if nothing else happens after that, I will be happy. If we get okay. the scores to go international, that would be like a massive tick off the bucket list to where the GB yeah. flag would be amazing, would be a proper pinch yeah. me bucket list moment. Oh, you're giving me goosebumps. This is amazing. It's absolutely going to happen. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. And it's it, going to happen. If it's I, the biscuit, like genuinely, like that horse gives me so much confidence. And, you know, I think he's 17 this year, so he'd be 18 next year. And that yeah. would be an amazing thing, like at 18, to go all the, all the way up there and to compete for his country. 
Yeah, 100%. 100%. Well, with your the determination that you have um, and the willpower and the people supporting you through this, I have absolutely no doubt that you will be able to get to all of those goals. Um, easy. Easy peasy. <laughs> I hope so. Um, yeah. Um, so, okay. Quick question. Um, who are the most three influential people around you? So um, the first, I'm going to cheat here and say it's a group of people, but the biggest influences to me yeah. have been um, the London 2012 GB para team. I was yeah. very lucky and I went to watch most of the para dressage at London at that point in my mm -hmm. career, I suppose, I didn't know a lot. But I saw mm -hmm. these people, particularly Natasha Baker and Sophie Wells, who are the same age as me, competing in yeah. that. And I was like, well, if they can, why can't I? Yeah. You know, my journey is yeah. going to be very different. and I may never get to that point, particularly. I don't think for me, yeah. Paralympics isn't necessarily a goal in that way mm -hmm. because my journey is so different um yeah but it was like okay so if they can why can't I um and that kind of yeah. really kind of fired me up a bit and like okay let's try and try and find a way um the second influential person in my life is a lady called Sarah Lloyd Harris she um is my riding for disabled coach I've known her since I was eight um it's safe to say Sarah on the end of a phone once a week got me through my degree because my degree was incredibly yeah. tricky. There was a lot of obstacles. <laughs> um, <they> all? <laughs> and I faced quite a lot of, probably you call it now, you probably call it discrimination now, actually, through my degree. Um, it was only Sarah at the end of the phone that kept going, you can, keep going, keep going. What degree did you uh, do? Occupational therapy. Oh, right. I had no idea. <laughs> did you not? That's interesting. No. Yeah, so I did a four-year <laughs> degree in occupational therapy. Um, I, yeah. I qualified as an OT, so I could actually practice as an OT. Um, okay. But that's not possible, really. Um, okay. So, yes, Sarah has been an absolute linchpin in my life. She, I remember sitting in a car park in a train station after an RDA session with her, um, just before I went to my first para camp, and I did my first para camp unmounted, and I went on my own. I didn't know anyone, and I sat in the yeah. car, and I was like, I don't know whether to say yes to this. I just don't. I don't know because it's so far out of my comfort zone. And she was like, If you don't do it now, you'll never do it. Like, just go mm -hmm. do it. And yeah, it's her that has. It was those words that have made this journey possible. Like she has. I don't know how much money she's she's raised and plugged from people over this last six years to allow me to actually do this. Yeah. But like she oh. has absolutely just like been an absolute Trojan in sport. And yeah, she's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and uh, the last one, probably, I don't know. It's kind of, oh, I know. The last person would be um, Emily Harris. GB okay. rider. I'm going to say para rider. She's not a para yeah. rider. Um, <laughs> Emily has competed 
I don't know how many times for this country on a lot of different horses. Um, mm -hmm. I've done a lot of work with her. I've known her about 10 years. Um, she has helped me with yeah. various horses in various different guises. She's come out as trainer to competitions with me. She helped me with Frodo because she yeah. was quite close with Frodo. She's come out and helped me with Biscuit. She just, like, she, and she won't probably mind me saying this, I was the first para rider she'd met, so she had to adapt her coaching style completely to to figure yeah. me out. Um, and yeah. it's very rare to have people that are so open to doing that, and yeah. that's what made it work because she never said, I don't know. I, you know, it was mm -hmm. always we'll figure this out. If you can't do it this way, why don't you try that? And because she has so yes, much definitely. knowledge, it's meant that you know I can pick her brains about going out and riding a test. Like yeah. some of the stuff she said to me about going into a test, and I'm like, that makes sense. And because I understand the higher level movements, I can watch her tests and then yeah. unpick it and go how do I adapt that to my test and although they're much simpler yeah. still the same process yeah. it's just done differently yeah, and it, it's just been really useful for me in my own development to be able to watch her working yeah I think as well when you have big goals like that you need a group of influential people around you because they are the ones that are sort of I don't know in the back office, if you like, helping you get to where mm. you want to be. Definitely. Um, no, that's that's awesome. Um, I've got three little questions for you. Uh -oh. uh, <laughs> what's your favourite meal? Oh, um, my mum's vegetarian lasagna. Oh, that sounds good. Um, favourite song? Um, I'm not a big so I don't listen to a lot of music generally. I listen okay. I'm a bit okay. like I don't have a genre that I like. If I like the music, I like mm -hmm. the music, whatever it is, you know, the genre is okay. Current okay, so current favourite song that you find yourself singing to at the minute? Again, that's an interesting question for me because I listen to the song, I don't actually know <laughs> the artist, but I do a lot. If I need to relax. I'll listen yeah. to um, Lord of the Dance. I've had that. Okay. It's just been like, yeah. uh, it seems to have been a soundtrack throughout my life. I think my parents probably played it quite a lot when I was younger. And it just seems to do okay, something sure. to me that allows me to, I suppose, focus and chill out. So, yeah. Yeah. Cool. And final one. Who is your horse of a lifetime? Who is my horse of a lifetime? Oh, that's tricky. That's really tricky. <laughs> it is a very tricky tr question. Yeah, um, that's yeah, really tricky. Um, there have been a lot of very special horses, and they're very in in very unique and very different ways. But probably the horse of a lifetime yeah. probably has to be Frodo, because he got me out of that tricky True. situation. Because yeah. like, yeah, there is he... not a horse like that horse. If he'd have stayed sound, would have gone Grand Prix. Like I, yeah. like, why would I have an opportunity, little old me, to ride a horse like that? Yeah, and he pulled you back out of the darkness yeah. when you needed. Yeah, the most. there was like he was the reason Amazing. I got back on a horse. If if they hadn't have said to me, yeah. "You, you have that opportunity," yes, we'll take you on. 
I probably still wouldn't be riding. Mm -hmm. Or maybe I would be, but it would look very different. So, yeah. Yeah, sure. Okay. And a final question. If people want to follow you on social media, how can they find you on Facebook and Instagram? So, um, Instagram, I am, I think it's Zoe underscore squirrel. I think. Don't quote me on it. I think that's what it is. Um, uh, Facebook, <laughs> I am Zoe Squirrel Paradressage Rider. Yeah, awesome. Okay. Well, thank you so much for coming on and chatting to me. It's um, I've been really excited about this, this podcast and sharing it and being able to share it with everybody else. So um, thank you very much for coming on. And um, good luck for 2021. No worries. Thank you.